0: world schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. It's actually pretty cool that this is the 160th episode. Holy cow. And if you're just joining on this episode, this is a fantastic episode to join. It's a really good episode. I recommend it highly. Um, but if you're just joining now, welcome. And if you want to access my other episodes, I recommend that you do so. You can find it on any podcast player. But since we're at 160, podcast players usually archive anything. Over a hundred episodes. So to access my previous episodes, you can always go to my website, Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, or you can find that at imhomeschooling.com. And you can listen to all my previous episodes there. Just put in the search on my website, a topic or guest, and it will come up for you. And there are so many. I've had a chance to interview some fantastic, amazing people and learn a ton. And I hope you as well have been able to do so. And if this is your 160th episode or your 100th episode with me, welcome. I'm always happy that you get to be here. So, as we move forward, my kids—you may or may not know—we are in our eleventh year of our home educating journey. My kids are entering their teens, later teen years, and new season to come um, changes. And my kids want new experiences. And as ever, our goal is to support them on their lifelong learning journey, however that looks like. With with my my wonderful people, my are teenagers directing their journey, self-directing their journey, and that looks different every year. And just a heads up, this year it might look like school or more classes, as my oldest has actually started doing a few classes a semester with you in alternative high school. But they're really into sports, and so I will keep you tuned in, or keep tuned in. I'll keep you up to date with any changes and updates that's happening with their learning career coming up so far. A great way to do that is to join my newsletter. You can go to my website to do so. Continue to listen to this podcast or join my Patreon community, patreon.com slash Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, or go to the Join My Community or Our Community tab in on my website. And, um... Yeah, you can get me one-on-one every month live for Q&A, as well as additional bonuses for as little as $3 a month or $5, depending what currency you're in. So now for this episode, this is a fantastic episode. It's so good. Erica Kesselman joined me on this episode. Erica has a wealth of experience and knowledge, and she is an unschooling parent to three kids herself. You may recognize Erica from previous clubhouse rooms that she's co-hosted with me. Um, She's been a wonderful sponsor for our How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler Summit and joined us on different Q&As there as well. So Erica, if you're not familiar with Erica Kesselman, Erica helps parents grow strong family relationships without yelling, guilt, or overwhelm. She utilizes trauma-sensitive, somatic, body-centered therapies for nervous system healing of complex developmental psychological, neurological, or emotional challenges so you can realize inner security, safety, and optimal health and wellness. And she does this through her wonderful workshops, group programs, or one-on-ones. Erica has over 20 years of experience working with families in a wide range of capacities. She holds two Master's of Education degrees in Educational Administrations and Leaderships and a Bachelor's degree in Clinical Psychology with certifications in Trauma Coaching, Conscious Parenting, Somatic Attachment Therapies, EFT, and Breathwork. You can connect with Erica on Facebook and Instagram or her website, EricaKesselman.com, and she's also on social media at Erica Kesselman, and that is spelled E-R-I-C-A-K-E-S-I-L-M-A-N. Enjoy this episode. It is fantastic, and I would love to hear your feedback. So I am very excited today because I have Erica Kesselman joining me on the show. Erica, thank you so much for joining me today, I'm really excited to have you here.
1: You're welcome, Robin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here.
0: So maybe if you could begin just to tell us a little bit about you, um, your family, whether you homeschool or not, <laughs> for anyone mm-hmm. that maybe doesn't know you and this is their first introduction to Erica.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. So I'm Erica Kesselman, and I'm wife and mom of three um they are now 4, 6 and 8 and we are homeschooling and taking the unschooling approach to homeschooling which has evolved and um enjoying our time together our exploration of daily life experiences it's always a journey and i do work as a certified conscious parenting coach and somatic therapy practitioner with parents mostly and i'm expanding into working with children as well so that's been a a very exciting and fulfilling passion of mine to be able to help serve other families in that way. Fantastic. So, okay. So, you know, I'm assuming I
0: remember you telling me this a while ago, just correct me if I'm wrong. Were you an educator before in the school, within the school system?
1: Yes, yes, I was. For um, almost 10 years, I worked as a classroom teacher and then went over into administration for the last year. Um, when I was there, yeah, it was amazing. It was a really nice experience and um, and I really liked it. I just went away from that because of personal reasons after having my first daughter, um, I really wanted to just stay home with her and I ended up working part-time as an educator online. So I continued the education route because that's my background, and I mean I have a bachelor's in psychology. Um, almost went that route, becoming licensed psychologist, but went the education route to get two masters in education, and uh, that's where my passion lies. From like from when I was very young, just helping, serving families, working to build strong relationships working with kids, um, helping them learn, grow, thrive in the best way possible. So yes, I was in a traditional um, school setting in New Jersey for for almost 10 years.
0: Okay, okay. So, you know, I'm going to ask,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, other, right. than,
0: other than being home with your, you know, you wanting to, you know, having the urge to be home with your daughter, with your first child, and saying, okay, I'm going to put this career on the back burner for now because I want to be home with my daughter um until now and where you're not you're not in the classroom (laughs) you're you're unschooling what like what happened along the way
1: (laughs) it's a great question right it's like yeah, night and day, almost right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, going back, it was so long since I was in the classroom, and I know even when I was there, like things were evolving and changing into more student-led learning, um, more yeah, that holistic approach to learning. Um, and so I know because I actually have been working with Wiley Educational Publishing Company too um, after I left the classroom to write professional development curriculum for teachers. So I know that there's interest and work in progress in traditional schools to have that kind of more holistic student led approach. Um, But, yes, so what led me here to home to homeschooling and unschooling it it kind of like blindsided me almost. I didn't expect it. Like I had a really great time as a teacher. Um, I valued, highly valued, and I still do, you know, the public education system in many ways. Um, And had a good experience. Um, However, you know, I did see some inefficiencies, deficiencies, some some challenges, big challenges and problems that um, I was, it wasn't like in alignment with. Um, But I, I just didn't think it would be like the path to, step away from it in the way I did especially for my children um until I guess the catalyst one big catalyst was when my daughter was so young she was reading and that just like threw us for a loop because um yeah she was a high demand baby and but then like her toddler years two and three years old she would stay up late reading and like she didn't sleep a lot so here's the exhausted parents still like Aren't toddlers supposed to be napping or sleeping more than this? Um, and it's kind of like thinking about getting her into a pre-K program, thinking about kindergarten because here she is like three, three and a half. You know, like, you got to yeah, get it ready now and not wait. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's the age where you know. So so she was enrolled in a pre-K program two days a week for a half day. And it was great. She enjoyed it. Um, but then, yeah, it was like that year when she was in that program, as uh, she just excelled with her literacy and her communication skills. And me being a classroom teacher, writing curriculum, being on the, the other end of it, seeing like what the classroom is like, especially in kindergarten, I just felt like it wasn't the best Fit for her, the best journey, the best path for her. I feel like, yes, there's gifted programs and yes, there's accommodations and modifications. And, um, but I just know that sometimes that's like a slow process and she wouldn't really get like what she really needs. And I was just curious as to how I could better nurture and support her development in a way that's best fits her and best meets her needs. So I, I was curious about like, Hey, maybe I can just, do her own journey, her own path, um, and that way I can build in opportunities for her to, to expand and to grow in ways that, like, are are meaningful to her, as, as opposed to being in the kindergarten curriculum, as it's so standardized, it's like, I know that they would be teaching letters, letter sounds, and kind of the basics of reading, uh, and I just didn't really want to see her kind of, like, bored, I guess, um, not really me, like, maximizing her potential and enjoying it, you know, you get, you get bored, you get distracted, um, it's, it it was, to me, like, too constricting and limiting, so mm-hmm. that was really the catalyst that took us on this journey of, like, well, let me try out homeschooling for the first two years, first couple of years, and then my second daughter, Emily, was born, and then really what led me into unschooling was and, and a conscious parenting and my own healing parenting journey was um, I did start off like more school at home approach mm-hmm. where I wanted to wake up and have a morning routine and have book work and have, you know, centers and like have lessons for the kids to engage in. But like when they wanted to do it in their own way, at their own pace and in their own time. I felt like they were defying me or I couldn't control them. And it, it just like threw me for a loop. I don't know, it wasn't like a classroom setting where I mean you have more behavior management, you have classroom management strategies. And I was, I guess, using some of those rewards and punishments kind of thing. But when it's your own child, it's just different. They're in the home environment. Um, it was negatively impacting our relationship because. I had high expectations, expectations that weren't developmentally appropriate in the end, um, and I found myself just um, not being heard, and then it turned into me yelling, like me yelling a lot, and it turned into like mom rage, or it got really intense sometimes, and then came some the mom guilt, and the shame and like this ugly cycle that lasted for like probably six months. And I just like knew I had to do something different. I was, I, I guess it was the fear that came in of like, well, what if they're not learning what they're supposed to be learning? What if they're behind? Um, but what was most important was like the integrity of our relationship. Like I saw my kids, because my youngest Emily was my second was born, she was probably like two or three. I just saw that they were started already with hiding things from mommy or being scared of mommy or being like, oh, we need to do this because to make mommy happy or we can't do this because that will make mommy mad. Mm. And I just didn't want that kind of secrecy, that mistrust. They didn't feel safe to share with me. I was just, yeah, it was like me. I was just too controlling and I know now it's just it's a product of of a lot of our culture our conditioning um what we, know. <laughs> what we know like what parenting at school and, mm, yeah yeah it just like felt right um it felt like rewarding to me when I saw like the girls you know being kind and maybe sitting down playing a game cooperatively or practicing their letters or numbers like I felt like I was doing a good job whereas if they weren't doing that if they were maybe playing with their dolls all day and they didn't want to do more academic work or um if they were arguing fighting um you know pulling things from each other then I just I felt terrible I felt like I wasn't doing doing um my job but but More importantly was like, I just didn't want to, um, to disrupt that relationship. Like the core foundation of our relationship was, was kind of just, um, yeah, it was, it was hurting. It was like, I was kind of falling through the cracks. So I knew I wanted to do something different and I just dove into learning about more different approaches, methodologies of homeschooling and came across unschooling. So I was like, "Ah, oh, this is like a thing where kids are actually born to learn. They don't really need to be like taught how to learn." And it's kind of revolutionary, which is crazy because I, I was like a trained, you know, certified public school teacher. Yeah, I was just going to ask like, you that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> yeah. we're not taught that. We're taught. We're. I mean, there is some of that theory, per, perhaps, but it's more of like top. It's just still top down. It's still like, in order to learn like you need somebody teaching you like what to do and how to do it and when to do it. and there needs to be assessment and evaluation and judgment and things like that so yeah it was it was it was quite um tumultuous or um i don't know it it, it took me like just bringing me to my the lowest of my lows in parenting unfortunately to be that catalyst for change but I, oftentimes i feel like people are ready to make a change do something different if the desire is really strong or if the pain is really bad enough. You know, for me, it's like I was, I couldn't yell at my children anymore the way I was and seeing like the hurt and pain in their eyes. And I just knew I had to do it differently. And it it was just like a combination of the homeschooling with the parenting. Um, Yeah.
0: So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that because I don't think I've had a chance. I've heard bits and pieces that you share bits, and but I haven't heard more of it. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. And I also know um, that I totally relate and can see myself and so much of that. And I know parents that are listening can relate as well. The, you know, we, we want to do, we see, usually we begin this journey outside of school because of a catalyst or reason, you know, whether it's, you know, we want to create something different with our kids. Our kids have certain needs that are not being met, or we're not sure they can be met where they are. Uh, And so we, we try, we try this thing called homeschooling or unschooling. Like we try this thing that's not the school classroom. And, but yet what we know is the school classroom. So, so often we replicate that and just try and reproduce it. But so much of our validation and worth as a parent, especially as a mother comes from, we think it's, oh, this homeschooling thing is going to look like the school classroom, but better Mm because I took them out because it's going to be better. (laughs) And I'm their parent and I know, and I want it to be perfect for them and it's not. And then we, the spiral, the shame, the guilt, The fear, all of that, am I not doing enough? Should I do more? And then it ends up tearing the relationship as well with our kids. Uh, You know, I wrote down what you said what was most important was the integrity in the end of the relationship. And I know that guilt and fear and shame is, you know, usually a lot of the homeschooling questions that I get from parents, that really is like the base of it really no matter, you know, well, shouldn't my child be reading at this time? They're not reading at this time. When should I, you know, should I be more strict with math? Um, Are they going to be behind in their class? Are they, what about graduation? Are they going to be able to graduate? Will they ever be able to get into a college university that they want to? What about a career? Are they ever going to be successful? What if they're not social? All of the, what if am I doing enough is really, it's a, you know, it's that fear and doubt and shame that's based in that. So like, just just to ask a quick question on that, when you know you get to that point where you it's enough and you need to make a change. What was the difference between you saying, you know what? I think the change maybe is space and I need to put you guys back in school. We're gonna look for a school that maybe can service or can support you better. We'll look for something different maybe. But why did you choose to, re-evaluate or reflect on yourself first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how did you come to that point of, instead of being like okay you know what this is it's just homeschooling we're just yeah. going to put you back in
1: school put you back in school yeah yeah that's such a good question um I mean, I I loved, like, I love parenting. I love being a parent. I love my children. And we had fun together. Like we had so many great, like, memories and adventures. And I liked exploring with them. And I love, like, watching the light in their eyes when they, when they do discover something new. When they're, you know, just outside playing in the mud or looking at butterflies. Or, you know, there's so much adventure. So I just wanted to nurture that. And and have that sense of like small tight knit community um, because in the back of my mind too is like I still knew what was going on for the most part behind closed doors you know with in the classroom setting with the behaviorist model um, which never like and I I did appreciate and like I taught in an amazing school with like such like fantastic culture and climate and positive school climate and like community and team building, all of that. But I also knew like, it's just a behaviorist model. Plus like you're up against the state and national like mandates of standardization and the standardized tests, and just these high unrealistic and not developmentally appropriate um, expectations. So I just, I didn't want that mostly. So that was like, you do not want to exp- expose my kids to that. Any kind of, fear I mean I had to work through my own stuff not to communicate in a shame-based way but I knew that that was like happening in the schools more consistently um, plus just the pressure that's put on kids that um, impacts their developing sense of self their self-concept like whether it's you know guided reading and there's different levels or you know there's a there's a test and you know you get kind of rewarded with the stickers and, or, you know, the validation, the grades of you get an A plus or no, you get the C and it's okay to get that feedback. Yes. But then sometimes it depends on how it's communicated. Like I didn't want my kids having re- repetitive like feedback that made them believe that they were like, couldn't, couldn't do something like that. They were bad at math or bad at reading. Um, plus then it's like my second born, she was, she's highly sensitive. And like, I, I knew just from our intimate family at home, like she can get overstimulated at, I'm just on a whim, like where it's just like, like one my other daughter's talking and she can't like focus on or concentrate on something if, if she wants to. Right. So I just knew like, even for her, it would be not advantageous for her to be like maybe in a big classroom where you kind of get like lost in the shuffle there um there there's like there was really good schools in in the area but I just knew that I I just wanted something different for my kids that um there's and the inspiration that I found from your podcast from the, the authors that I read like Peter Gray and Uh, John Taylor Gatto, like all of those authors or like Carrie McDonald, I was so inspired by this like journey to really um, just hone in and maximize the learning potential of a child, which the learning potential of a child is maximized when they're feeling in control and safe to explore in a way that is developmentally appropriate for them you that's the best way to learn really now is like when something is meaningful and relevant to you as opposed to like in the school setting there's not too much choice there um sometimes you're just like told that you these are this is what needs to be done like you need to take this test and all right yeah. and then, this is just what
0: needs to be done so you got to do it there's no
1: option yeah. <laughs> yeah. like yeah it's, it's like fitting that um it it is not it's not going to be open. The child's not going to be open to receive that. So it just limits the learning potential so much. And I've I've saw that from like biological perspective, from my research, from my personal experience as a teacher. Um, the hardships that I saw some of my students go through with being like in different level classrooms or you know they're just asked to maybe sit at a desk or even not, maybe they're just like in the classroom, they're free to explore a little bit, but that's not really where they wanna be or what they wanna be doing, right? They would rather be like outside or moving their bodies a little bit more. Um, I just knew so much, like I, I didn't want that like constricted setting for my kids. And I just thought like the real world learning experience when something that's relevant, meaningful, um, getting out into the community a little bit more would be just fun and exciting. Um, and I just I wanted to also, I knew I needed to go through like a repair process with my kids and just nurture a healthy relationship after kind of going through a bunch of ruptures for for at least a year or two. Um so yeah, that was that's really the the main reason here is I I knew there was the turning turning the lens on myself. it. I just felt like there was like no other way. It was my responsibility because it's not a child's responsibility to like um you know to make to make their child to make their parent happy or do what's expected of as as the parent. Um, I guess perhaps I wanted a little bit different um parenting relationship or parent-child relationship than I had with my parents. I just wanted something that was really emotionally secure as well, where my children did feel safe to come to me with any challenge, doubt, insecurity, problem that they didn't feel like they needed to hide or behave in a certain way or act in a certain way, or um, you kind of shift and change themselves to please the parent or make the parent happy. And I I knew that was important to me. And I, I think that just kind of unfolded my early parenting years too that I was like oh yeah I I find that like I had a I had a great relationship with my parents and still do but there were times where like I didn't feel always completely safe to open up to them with certain challenges or issues and I didn't want I wanted my children to feel that also emotional maturity so I felt like it was my work to do that
0: right okay so I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to write down some yeah. questions because I don't want to miss it. But at the same time, also my brain is going, okay, I have to ask this as well. Mm-hmm. Because, um, well, one, I definitely want to come back to what you were saying. You had to go through the repair process with your kids. I want to come back to the why that's important and what that looks like or the how, how we can do that. But first, I do want to ask the question because I can hear, you know, some parents listening and saying, well, that's great. Erica's has like, you know, she's got two master's degrees. She's got time in the classroom. She's, you know, she has this experience. She, you know, she's an educator. So she's seen all these different things. So she can say that and do that with confidence because, you know, she's got this behind her. But I'm like, I'm just fresh to this whole game and I just started homeschooling. I don't have all of that experience or credentials or things like that. And I'm struggling. And, you know, how do I let go of this? You know, I want my kids, I feel like, you know, I'm responsible for the success of my kids now that I'm homeschooling, but how do I let go? And I, I know in my head that working on the relationship is most important, but I just can't seem to, do it? You know, how do I, I'm worried that they are going to fall behind, that they're not going to, that all those things that come up, they're going to blame me, that I'm going to be the one who ruins everything because I've chosen this. How, you know, how, what would you say to that parent who's really trying to reconcile? This is the way I think it should be, but this is really my, what my gut is also telling me to.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's so so true and like we could be our own worst critics and I mean there's also no perfection in any kind of human relationship and that's why the repair <laughs> process is poor is important right I mean there's no um you know path journey relationship over the years that's going to be ideal or idealistic they just kind of we need to you know, be, give ourselves a lot of grace and compassion and learn that for ourselves. Cause oftentimes we were not communicated that way as, as children, we were like forced to like, feel like we had to like kind of constrict or, or behave in a certain way or else we were punished. So like there was a, there's a lot of like fear of our imperfections, fear of messing up, fear of right. making mistakes. And we weren't often modeled that repair process as, as children either. Um, But for those parents, yeah, who are, you know, don't maybe have that that kind of background, like foundation and sense of like vision for how it could look like and knowing maybe the developmental trajectory, typical or, you know, expected developmental trajectory in the school setting. Um, I mean, certainly reading and research reaching out, you know, to amazing people like you or at Clubhouse and podcasts to learn from experience. Like I learned a lot in the homeschooling space from in, inspiring people like you um, to share stories and to hear more about that. Um, but from the, you know, from a practical standpoint as well, like starting today is just looking at um, how your child responds and how you respond. Like if your child is not wanting to do something or, you know, quote unquote, being defiant or difficult or challenging, then it does mean you need to look at your response. It's like they're saying, no, we need to learn like to respect a child's boundaries and then look inward to say, okay, well, they're not okay with this right now. How can I redirect like, or change my, my response. How can I like learn to be okay with that and be in the place of more acceptance and focusing on what your child does love, like to do and love to do, what their passions are, what their interests are and focusing on maybe what's called like in the trauma space, is like the glimmers. You know, we often focus on like what's not going well or focusing on the triggers, which is important too but also like focusing on putting some attention towards those glimmers, like those times where it's um, loving, playful, warm, easy, connecting. Um, Times where the kids are perfectly like content. They're perfectly content playing Legos or, you know, playing outside tag or Frisbee. And then um, in terms of like, When you wanted something, a a different expectation, like you value, for example, education, which might look like reading, you know, um, putting some emphasis on literacy in the environment or numeracy in the environment. You can build that in and build that in by working with the child. So I just, just the difference is really instead of like having your vision and being attached to that. It's like stepping away and learning what's called like the unattachment or stepping away from that fear and control and saying, you know, if you need to do it a little bit differently today, can I, can I let that be okay? Um, and focusing on the glimmers, but also like creating a rhythm, a pattern where you can also build in invitations to have the literacy and the numeracy or whatever other skills or values that are important to you as a parent. You know, oftentimes the parents, they think it's yeah, it's it's often the literacy, it's the numeracy. Like, how are they going to do learn to do math and um, read and write? And you know, yeah, like you said, set them up for for higher education. Are they on the right path? Um, but you'll see that every single child. I mean, there's so much research on multiple intelligences and there are diversity, but just nervous system health and regulation. Like when a child is feeling safe in their bodies, they're feeling their brains are online. I mean, the learning potential is like almost limitless. They're so creative, um, imaginative, and really in the zone of learning. And maybe it's not, they're not going to be into math. You know, my daughter was not into math at all. Like my daughter started reading, like she's, she can read whatever she would like to read, but she's still to this day, not too into math. And so we did a little bit of math here and there using games, using real world experiences. But if if I asked her, you know, to, to practice some math and there was resistance and she didn't want to, I had to learn the hard way, but I had to learn like, to just back off and just let her go at her own pace. Um, keep the invitation there, keep the invitation open, but just being honest with yourself that be be gentle with yourself. Nothing's going to be perfect, but just when you're feeling relaxed and, and, and enjoying the kids or the day, then your kids are going to be able to really grow and flourish and thrive and learn a lot. So, you know, sometimes it's finding that balance too, because you hold different values than your, than your children do too. And depending on their age, like children will Value play so so much, right? And we were often not like made to feel safe to just to to play, to be in the imaginative play, constructive play. I mean, there's so many different types of play, but yeah, we were led to believe like we needed to be more like at a desk and
0: be yeah, in the yeah. academic
1: space, yeah, more serious, um be on the receiving end of what somebody else is telling us to do, and just kind of regurgitating that. So we need to kind of unlearn and there's a lot of unlearning and relearning, but I'd say like the resources, your inner resourcing, it's like taking care of yourself, you know, if your kids, if your kids are triggering you, they don't want to do what you had planned, just take care of yourself, you know, do something that lights you up, Um, a lot of self-care, self-tending and just, you know, reevaluate, revisit, try a different invitation later Um, and, and just come be clear on like what you value and what your children value and talk about that. You know, your children are going to value their maybe friendships and their tween teen years and um, their video games or something that they really love their, their play. And maybe you're thinking, okay, well, I really value like communication skills or your math skills, like being able to compute or to be able to go to the store and buy something, you know, confidently without t- depending on the calculator so if that's a core value of yours then it's all about like working with your child negotiating like okay this is important to me that's important to you let's see how kind of we can get everybody's needs met and we work through like all of the communication of how that could be done in a respectful peaceful way without the the felt sense of like ah, oh, my parents doing this because um or i have to do this because my parents told me to do it. And it, and it breeds the resentment, right? Or it breeds like collapse, shutdown.
0: Right. Mel Science is a subscription service that offers a range of educational resources and hands-on experiments for homeschooling families. If you're looking for an exciting and interactive way to teach science, Mel Science is a great option and you're in luck because Mel Science is offering a 60% discount on your first box for all honey I'm homeschooling the kids listeners. Mel Science just launched a space subscription which is perfect for homeschooling families who want to explore the universe and inspire their kids to become future astronauts or space scientists. Mel Science offers an incredible array of science experiments and educational resources designed to help children and adults learn about the universe in a fun and engaging way. From chemistry to physics, medicine to STEM, Mel Science subscription boxes are packed full of exciting experiments and activities that will inspire and educate. These boxes are a perfect way to give homeschooling kids a practice with the hands-on boxes and get them involved in science activities. With Mel Science you'll get all the materials needed for each experiment including detailed instructions and educational materials that explain the scientific concepts behind each experiment. This makes it easy for homeschooling parents to teach science to their children in an engaging and fun way. So, if you're looking for a fun and educational activity to do with your kids, Mel Science is a great choice. And don't forget to take advantage of the 60% discount for your first box and start exploring the fascinating world of science with Mel Science today. Just go to the link in my show notes and use the promo code MEL60, capital mel L six zero. You know, it's, um, it is so much about letting go, but the trust as well, and it's, yeah, that's a big. That's a big thing. It can be, you know, well, it's like
1: a free, fall. free it, fall. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah,
0: and almost like you're trying to grab at something along the way to stop the free fall because that's a great way to put it. It's a free fall, and so we're trying to secure ourselves somehow. So often we're like grabbing and holding tightly, and.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, which can kind of you know maybe not work in our favor, especially as well, or for or for our family or for that relationship. But that's a great way to put it. It feels like a free fall for sure. Like we've let go, but then we're just dropping kind of thing.
1: Right, right. Yeah.
0: So where we're in, so if we are feeling like we're in the free fall, I know you talked about many things about, you know, understanding our values and our children's values, and also understanding that they're not. Going to necessarily be the same and communication uh, with them, finding out what is important to them. And so you do have an understanding so that maybe you can go from there, reframe, readjust and relearn. Um, if they're maybe changing activities, if we have something planned and created, but then it's just not happening, it's complete resistance, maybe stepping back and saying, okay, we can let this go for today or for this week and let's do something else. Um, the glimmers, I hadn't heard that term before actually looking for the glimmers. Um, and so when we are in those spaces, things like, um, you know, when it is, when the glimmers, we can recognize them or we recognize that, oh, this, this is it right now We're, you know, we're relaxed or peaceful, um, we're content um there isn't maybe animosity or fighting whatever it looks like for your family um would you just sit with it and be there would you journal would you talk about it more would or like what is there a space that we should be there or come at it or just experience it and make notes so that when we're in it again we can continue to try and recreate that
1: does that make mm-hmm. sense? What I'm Yeah, yeah, that's a good, like creating that kind of like soft structure or having a plan is important, right? I mean, I know I was in that place of like, I was the teacher mode and I wanted to have control and have a lesson plan. And although too, like even in teaching, like that's a core principle. It's like, you need to learn flexibility too. Cause sometimes you do need to like throw the lesson plan out the window. Um, but yeah, for that sense of like, safety and security or a soft structure so that you're you're not feeling like totally chaotic out of control like and the fear just builds because you don't want that to happen you can't have the fear build so so much that you're in overwhelm and you're shutting down yeah so I mean some people are in that place already so if you're in that spot like you need to be sure to to then really focus on like what is going well? What do you have already that you're appreciative of, that you're proud of, that you love about your family and your life and your kids and the way you are? So focusing on that is so critical, like if you are in that place of like shutdown overwhelm right now. Um, so starting with those glimmers with, yeah, I mean, journaling is is important. And that's very helpful. I mean, in conscious parenting, you talk about how like 99% of conscious parenting happens in reflection. And that's what is like bringing into the unconscious or the automatic programming, like your day-to-day or kind of just like robotically moving through the day unconsciously um, and automatically. So you're shifting away from that and becoming more Intentional. So shifting from the automatic to the intentional is really important. And we can get there and start that process by being reflective, thinking back to the morning where, okay, this worked pretty well. This didn't work well. And, you know, let's say the kids wake up and they really need to. We got their bodies moving and it felt like really nice for them to get outside. And then we had their breakfast or, Oh no, we can't like really function until everybody has like some kind of food in their system. So like focusing that on that little moment of like, okay, I'm going to have a breakfast ri- ritual, you know, like of, I was starting with some rituals of breakfast time. We're going to eat right away and we'll build in like a story time there where I can read or just like read a short two minute poem to them or an instant inspirational quote for the morning. And um, ending that with like a bookend of like, hey, that was fun. Or um, did you kids like this breakfast? Or what do you think about that quote? Or, oh, I enjoyed eating this breakfast with you. Um, So I remember looking back to my journey and when I work with parents, it's like, yeah, if something's going well, you could focus on that, trying to kind of recreate it. And then having either a bookend to your to your day would be a nice start like a strong start if you can like a strong finish of like hey you know let's have a morning ritual together and then at the end of the day hey i had fun with you this went well this didn't go well like a bookend um or even thinking of it as like the anchor points right of like having an anchor point in the morning afternoon and evening that way there's some kind of like rhythm ritual that feels that that brings you kind of back down i mean you could think of it too as like ocean waves um ebb and flow where there's an inhale exhale of your breath so there's often like okay we kind of relax here and then we're off everybody's doing their own thing and then we kind of pull it back and you know that oftentimes i feel like food can really help in that facilitate (laughs) that process it's like hey you know whatever it might be or let's go out to get Um, a smoothie somewhere. um, And then you have that time to kind of connect and, and, and check in. Um, So, yeah, I feel like that, that would be like a strong foundation for if you feel like I want to unschool or I want to not be so controlling and, but the fear is creeping up, like I'm not doing enough, having at least those little glimmers or like micro moments of connection where you're, modeling for the kids like I love literacy and let's I'm going to read this or look at this book that I read today or hey I was just budgeting you know our groceries for the week so can you help me budget you know some little things where um, you can model for them and just kind of engage with them these these values that you hold of like what homeschooling would look like right Mm-hmm. And yeah, the values piece is like a is probably another conversation of like how to best communicate, right? Like this is important to me. That's important to you. We can have our different, that's important, right? This differentiation in a relationship. like you are not me and I'm not you. Um But then there's also like a unity of we are living in the same house. And we want to practice like all voices matter and how to respect everybody's needs, get everybody's needs met. And work kind of in community, in collaboration. So it's not like just all what you want to do and what I want to do. So there's a, a negotiation around that, but that's what I've learned is just different from this many traditional school settings and like traditional power over power under parenting paradigms is like it's not just do this because I said so. It's working together as a team, collaboratively um, working with your child. So that's important too.
0: Right. Those are great examples. Thank you so much. I think that um, uh, those, those are great examples to, to listen to and then walk away from and, and try and implement as well. The anchors and the bookends. I, you're, you're giving me new vocabulary of how you're oh. framing things as well that are really good and also um, like the imagery, imagery for me with that as well, especially like the anchoring, because we were talking about how the fear and doubt and worry can become a free fall or trying to let go in order to rather reestablish integrity and in relationship, but that can feel like a free fall. But having an anchoring or a bookend really does, um, you know, the wording is works so well as well, because I think it was like chaos or free fall, but having that anchoring that point where Within the day, you can have different points of anchor during the day where it's maybe it is mealtimes or a snack or a time to reflect and reframe and pause or have the conversation um, or, you know, appreciation as well. Um, and and that's kind of like that regrounding. And then we can begin again yeah. and then maybe have another anchor to pause or to appreciate or reflect And come together or ground or have an anchoring for our, um, I think of like both for myself and my daughter, for example, we're both people that we need our own individual anchoring throughout the day as well. So there's anchoring together as a family, but then also having the space where okay, I need this time. Like I and you guys, you can maybe hear my paper because I'm taking lots of notes because Eric is sharing such great things, talking about the inner resourcing. We were talking about the re, like finding resources and you know information and knowledge, but inner resourcing is important, and that's the time to. Have our own time or our, our own anchoring as well. So, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. all of that.
1: Yeah. And I'll just add one more thing if that's okay. Like, because when your yes. body and brain, <laughs> because you're talking about like the reflection and the anchoring and how important that really is. And you need to like be aware that, again, this is like bringing the unconscious patterns and programs, which we're not even aware. Of. That's why they're unconscious. Right. So, it's like part of the noticing and the awareness. So, our minds are often in. Like thinking about the past or thinking about the future, because we've just been kind of conditioned, programmed to in this fear state, you know, like we've never really been made to feel like we are doing enough, that we are enough. There's always like, you need to do this XYZ to meet a certain expectation. So we're just conditioned, like our minds, too. I mean, like biologically, we're kind of programmed to like detect danger, look for danger for our survival, right? We're like all operating in service of our survival. But a parents, you know, when they, when you kind of like are operating throughout the day, you might be aware of like, okay, I'm thinking about oftentimes the next thing to do, you know, yeah. it's oftentimes like, I'm not, what are we going to do next? Or how am I going to get dinner on the table? blah blah. blah. I got to get this work email sent out. And so the reflection is just like being more present and like aware of what's happening right now. And that acknowledgement of it. Right. So that maybe is where like the appreciation could come in. It's like something just so super tiny of like, you pick up your child from camp or from their friends, and it's like a hug or something. Oh, this was nice. Thanks for the hug. Like just that little moment could um, just put your body and brain into more of a, a safer state, or more like a thinking online brain, and to ch- just could help kind of create a more. I mean if you think of it biologically, it would be a memory that goes into like your long-term memory or even short-term memory. It's like a memory, an event that you can, can like integrate really like process and integrate. So I think that's really important is just to like, think about, okay, this is where I am right now. And just acknowledging my thoughts are usually in the future or in the past. And now I'm going to like shift into like this moment right now. Um, and accessing the presence, the awareness, and then expressing. Yeah. I found that like using that word appreciation is like pretty powerful. Like, Oh, this is fun. I appreciate it. Or what did you like about it? What did you not like about it? And then just on another note too, like not to berate yourself for like the conflict or the yelling or, you know, the, the day that felt like a wash or nothing is really a mistake. You know, I feel like the universe doesn't make mistakes. I mean, we're all here in process, so all of the the times that really feel tough and challenging, or like you yelled, you know, you yelled again, or the kids just seem like impossible or whatever the thought is and felt feeling is just being really, um, like compassionate with yourself and seeing that as a, a potential or an opportunity to grow, to grow. And essentially the, the growth, like is a decision you can make. You could just make that firm decision. Like, yes, I want something different. I want to, to change and you could figure out how to do it. So mm-hmm. know that's another topic, but, um, again, I know there's so many rabbit holes we can go down. We can uh, have yeah.
0: different conversations and really like get deep and nitty gritty on each of them. I love it. Um, yeah, it's so easy to stop and berate ourselves. <laughs> you know it's so easy to be like oh I didn't do this but also I think sometimes in the thinking that by being tough with ourselves or negative or berating ourselves it's going to motivate us to then change Mm. but it doesn't does it (laughs) and why doesn't it really like we think if we're like just tough on
1: ourselves like oh you are horrible like
0: get it together
1: come on change things right like that's going to be motivator and I could just hear like you know some of my past like I was as a child like some of I mean um I love them dearly you know my soccer coaches being like come on you know suck it up get it together (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah and that's all good you know and on some levels on some occasions but certainly I mean um yeah I mean it goes it goes deep into our like how we were communicated to as as children. But yeah, when we berate ourselves, punish ourselves, it just, it does keep you stuck in the guilt and shame spiral. It just, it keeps you there because guilt and shame just kind of just compounds it and keeps you feeling like bad about yourself. I mean, the shame is like, I'm bad. I've done something bad. And when you're like, yeah, I deserve punishment or I, I don't deserve forgiveness. And I just like, I need to to force myself to change in that way, that's like bracing, constricting, or the thoughts are, are hurtful, then it just keeps you in that stuck, stuck place. Like the, we, we need the processing of, and they're letting out of the frustration or of the pain or of the hurt. And that can be done with like a softening, a softening of like, Hey, you deserve self-forgiveness. So a self-forgiveness practice is essential, you know, forgiveness practice of like, you deserve forgiveness and, um, that's a really powerful way to move forward and, and to grow and to open up and to actually make like more lasting positive change is if you can learn to forgive yourself for the mistakes you've made. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm like, we could do a whole other episode
1: yeah. on that as well. That, so. That's a big topic. Yeah. That it's yes, a real, that's sure. a big,
0: big topic Yeah, yeah. yeah. A really big topic. Yeah. Okay. I also am being mindful of both of our times we actually talked before that we are going to keep it to this hour. Um, So I would, thank you so much, Erica. So good. So, so good. And um, as anyone that's listening to this, if there is something that really spoke to you um, that you would like us to delve further into, please let me or Erica know. If you would like to connect with Erica, and learn more from her, work with her, um, hear from her, then Erica, can you let us know how we can do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And thanks so much, Robin. It was such a pleasure speaking with you and sharing with everybody. Yeah.
0: Uh, Just to say Erica always leaves such great wisdom whenever she's been like a host on clubhouse, uh, any, any of our, like our summit, anything like how to be an awesome homeschooler. She was one of our sponsors and we are so grateful lives. Like she's done lives with us. She just always imparts such great wisdom and care.
1: So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. So That's very kind tell us, of you. tell us how okay. we can learn more about you. Yes. yes. Yeah. Right back at you, Robin, but yes, yeah, so you can connect with me on Instagram. It's Erica underscore Kesselman. Um, you can send me a DM there. Um, you can find me on my website, Erica Kesselman.com, or I'm also on Facebook where I have a private Facebook group for parents and I do like a, Exclusive trainings in there, and um, share a lot, tons of free resources and and workshops. So that would be the best way to connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I hope you found this helpful, uh, whoever it is who's watching. And yes, please reach out to me if you have any questions. If you want to dive deeper into something, if you have um, concerns about anything or any, maybe you disagreed with something and you just want to kind of unpack it a little bit deeper. I'm I'm open to that too. So, but thank you so much. Um, Robin, again, for being this, for creating this container of more learning and growth. And thank you for being that model of positive change for everybody. Really, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. I'm going through all the motion, I'm going through it myself, you know, genuinely yeah. as a parent. So it's, it's a space for me too. And it's a learning space always, like always. I'm like, you know, just when you think, okay, maybe I got
1: this and I'm like, oh no, this is something new. I'm learning Uh, totally. Yeah. But I love that you're open to that. Cause it is, it's about like, we sometimes think there's like a light at the end of the tunnel or like there's an end goal, but we need to just like, let go on that. And it's like, we're all in process. We're all in journey, journeying together. So it just, yeah, it's cool. Very cool. Thank you again. Thank you.
0: And all of uh, Erica's links, I will put in the show notes too. So easy access, go to the show notes and just click on the links. Amazing. Cool. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website, imhomeschooling.com, or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com.